Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberia Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius! Today, we're going to talk about some very awesome stuff. We have a video about Hot Potato, a book about best friends running a babysitting business, and we have a totally awesome guest. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Dwayne Cerny. Dwayne sells dead people. Wait a second, that can't be right. Ah, I got it. Dwayne sells dead people's things. Now this is going to be interesting. Yep, I don't sell zombies. Well today, we're going to start off with the video of the week, and this is going to be a deflection. And now it's time for the Video Game of the Week. Today's video game is Deflect. So this is the game on the Roblox platform. It's made by Unbound Interactive. Because it's on Roblox, you're able to play it on PC, Mac, Xbox, and even your cell phone. And it is free. Free? You can't beat that. Well, it's the only game by Unbound Interactive. Tell me more. Well, you start the game and you are up above a map in a box waiting for the next round. You can see some action below with a ball moving around the map. It does not take long and the next round begins. You're up against everyone in a lobby in a game of deflect. It sounds like life. There's always some struggle. Okay, let me show you how this game works. So there's a ball that spawns in the middle of a court and it's flowing in a random way and it's locked in on someone. If that person is you, don't run! because it will still home in on you while you're running. So, instead, when it's right in front of you, or behind you, or whatever, instead, left-click on your mouse, which is like right next to you or something, and it will deflect the ball, and it will deflect into another person. I'm, I'm all about deflecting to another person. That's always a good thing. So this game's kinda like Hot Potato? Yes, it is, but it's kinda hard. So hard that they even have a warning in the description on the game of their site. The ball moves pretty fast and it's easy to miss the timing. The deflection is instant, so it's way faster than the hot potato. I got my dad to try it and it took some six games before he finally figured out the timing to deflect the ball. I also found out that the closer you are to the center, the better chance you are selected as the person locked in on. This could be a good thing if you want to practice more or if you want to get more points. I want more points, so I'm going to have to practice a lot more in this one. Well, I give Deflect 8 out of 10 stars because it's so much fun to play and compete with my dad. But after a while, the game gets boring when there's nothing to do but win all the games. So much winning. <laughs> I've heard this before. Over 40 years, Playhouse Central Florida has provided education, independent life skills, and job training to thousands of Central Floridians who live with blindness or any degree of vision loss. Whether it's picking out clothes in the morning or just moving around your community and serving orange, Seminole, Osceola County. Contact White House, Central Florida at 407-898-2483 or visit them online at LighthouseCFL.org. The Tiberia Show would like to thank one of their dedicated sponsors, Custom Designs Orlando. These guys are on Mills Avenue and do all sorts of stuff, ranging from photo ID badges, engraved signs, custom braille ADA signs, vinyl lettering to trophies and awards. The cool part about Custom Designs is they can ship products all over the United States. You can reach them at 407-898-0373 and tell them that Tiberius sent you.
And now it's time for the book of the week, The Babysitter's Club, The Truth About Stacy. This book is written by Anne Martin. Let me to the back of the book. In fact, Dwayne, would you like to do the honors? I would love to. Poor Stacy. She just moved to a new town, is still coming to terms with her diabetes, and is facing babysitting problems left and right. Fortunately, Stacy has three new friends that will help her deal with whatever's thrown their way, even if it's a rival babysitting club. Well, this is an Arab book that's worth one whole point. It's rated for second grade and seventh month. That is not a lot of points because it's a graphic novel, but the subject matter is made for teens. Now, I don't think it's fair that they rate it so low just because it's a graphic novel. So, in book two of the Babysitter's Club, we start off with a meeting and Stacy was talking with the other members of the club. She had moved to Stony Brook from New York City. Her best friend from New York City was ignoring her after finding out that she had something called diabetes. All the girls learned about diabetes to be supportive. They learned how to check blood sugar levels and use insulin as well as the pump that does it automatically. They were going pretty good until Claudia's sister Janine found a poster for a new babysitting company called the Babysitting Agency. This was going to be a problem and it was started by some of the older girls at their school. It's always those older girls. Trouble. Just trouble. I give the Babysitter's Club the truth about Stacy 12 out of 10 stars because I know someone with diabetes and it was smart to show the issue of quality control to save their business from the competition. That sounds like a good book. Oak Ridge Gun Range is a family-oriented shooting range that has been in business for over 30 years. They specialize in basic firearm training and offer numerous services such as consignments, gun trades, gunsmithing, and concealed weapon classes. I even got my training for gun safety at Oak Ridge Gun Range. Great customer service. And firearm safety is what they do best. So find out more at OakRidgeGunRange.com. So you want to make an ad for your company, right? Yeah, Tiberius, you want to help me? Okay, so what's the name of the company? PPWND. PP what? Professional Pressure Washing and Detailing. So you like clean driveways? Yeah, like that. We pressure wash commercial buildings and semi-truck and trailers. So how would someone get a hold of you? Uh, they can visit my site at ppwnd.com or call me at 407-900-7793. So why just tell them to call you at 407-900-7793 or visit ppwnd.com? Yeah, Tiberius, you got it. Cut, that's a wrap. Just use that. And now it's time for our interview of an interesting person. Today's guest is going to be so much fun. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing Dwayne Cerny. Dwayne sells dead people's things, and he wrote a book about it. I even sell the things of the living, just because they're easy to deal with. First off, how are you enjoying being on the show? This is a blast. I'm having a great time. How are you? Goody good. Good. Okay, so to start off, you roll this as an antique dealer. Can you explain to my listeners what are antiques and how did you get into selling them? So, you know, dictionary definition is antiques have to be 100 years old, but I also sell collectibles, which is 20 years old. So if you think about it, 2002 would make something collectible. Um, I was doing this uh, since I was a kid, actually, uh, buying and trading and collecting things like way before the Internet came along. Um, and I've had uh, multiple stores and I've been doing this uh, like forever. <laughs> is it kind of like a pawn shop? Well, kind of like a upscale pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. But we sell... No, stocks? Stocks? Yeah. 
stocks. We sell we sell old stock certificates. Okay. So what is the process in finding antiques? Well, uh, when I was younger, uh, I would drive uh, all around the country like a crazy person with a truck <laughs> and go to flea markets and yard sales and estate sales and auctions. And I would bring things back to Chicago and I would resell them in someone else's store. Um, now, because I've been doing this for so long, um, people contact me online and send me photos. God bless the internet. And then I can kind of pick and choose what, what, what I want to buy. So it's, a, it's become a lot easier. Okay. So how long have you been finding and selling antiques? I've been doing this 35 years. What got you interested in working with antiques and vintage items? You know, when I was your age, I actually had something, I had a little business called The Porch Store. And I would go around the neighborhood and I'd ask kids in the neighborhood what toys they weren't playing with. And I'd say, I'll sell your toys for you. So basically it was like a consignment store, uh, but it was on my parents' porch. Which, um, and that's how I got into this. I don't know where I even got that idea from. You know how, uh, you know, you're like Tiberius, like you're good at things, but you don't know why you're good at it, but you're just good at yeah. it. Yeah, that was with me. So I just was just good at it. I don't even know where it came from, but here I am. So what is the best part about working in this business? People. I love meeting people and um, whatever they collect. Uh, and it says a lot about them. I always say, if you look around, even look look around your dad's room and the things that he collects, it says a lot about him. Um, and I'm sure if you look around your room, maybe you'd see a lot of things that would, would say something about you. So it's definitely the people. I like people and, and their stories. Okay. So does it take a lot of training to be an antique dealer? Well, when I was growing up, there really wasn't a, you couldn't get a degree in it and you, you can now. Um, and people can take online uh, classes. Um, so it's, it's, it's easier to actually be like accredited if you want to be, let's say, an appraisal, appraiser rather. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an appraiser. So, um, but, but now it's, it's, it's easy. You, you wanna, might want to have a degree like, like in art history. Um, that's, a, that's a good background. Mine was English. Just, it could almost be anything, but art history is a good place to start. Yes. How does this job make the world a better place? I have the best job ever <laughs> because I'm like the ultimate recycler. Uh, vintage dealers and antique dealers are very uh, uh, cognizant of their carbon footprint, that expression, right? Um, and we're, we're, we don't waste anything. So if you think about it, you know, this is just, it's very, it's, it's the greenest business there is. So we're making sure that things don't go into landfills. Instead, they we clean them up and they go off to somebody else's home to be used. Um, so I always feel really, really good about that. What is one of the coolest things that you got to see in your business? Well, you know what? Uh, I actually brought something here. And for people listening to the radio, this is a, there we go, thank you. This is actually a, a, a bank. Years ago, when you would open up a bank account, they would give you maybe like you could give your mom like a toaster for opening up a bank, a bank account but this is a toy bank and it's it's a, actually a ufo and it's based on an actual sighting of a ufo and on the bottom it's dated 1956 which is just kind of crazy because you think about people say oh i saw a ufo well this is these are people this is based on multiple sightings and then they made a bank of it right so you could go and put in your dimes and quarters for your savings uh, and you just you just never see these and I just love that it documents UFOs. I mean what a bizarre crossover. Yeah, right? 
Um, so I hope you described that well for everybody, for all to Tiberius's listeners on the radio. So I've been holding up a saucer bank, and you put the coin in one side, and it would uh, shoot to the other. So it's silver. Yeah, it's silver. And it has like some wings going one way. It kind of looks like the Millennium Falcon. Thank you. And it has a little alien here. Uh, yeah, in the, the in the little dome, and then he sits. It sits on the a globe, top the top of a globe, and again the bottom then documents exactly how this object came to be, which I think is wonderful because so often things in my business we don't know who made it, where it came from, but these people they wanted people to know that uh, they were the people behind it, and based on actual UFO sighting. So exciting. So what is the hardest part about being an antique dealer? Oh. You know that's you know, uh, that's a really really I think of all your questions that's that's probably uh, the hardest one um, <laughs> managing time in that I might go to somebody's house and I'll think oh this is just going to take me a couple hours to go through things and then I'm there for a week <laughs> because there's so much and Trust or me, there's so many managing time Manag- is so hard <laughs> definitely managing time. Now, my dad said that you take some of your items and use them for props in movies and TV. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. Are you familiar with the Chucky movies? Yes. Right? Okay. I have propped all the Chucky movies, even the, even the lousy ones. Because <laughs> let's be honest, they're not all good. Um, yeah. Uh, but I've probably done over 200 films and um, TV shows. I do Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. But um, we're doing movies all the time. Uh, a lot of times it's interesting because they'll give, they'll tell us the name of the movie, but it's not really the name of the movie. <laughs> it, it's like a fake name, so we can't really talk about it. Say, hey, I'm working on this, and then goes, that wasn't the name of the movie. Um, but yeah, I did all the all the all the weird little Chucky props and deal. Chucky's like running around on a rug. That rug came from me. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. How do people know if you have a certain item they might want to use in a movie or TV show? Well, you know, what people uh, actually go to school for, too, is to become stylists and prop stylists, and they work really hard. Um, so those are the people who decide that what object should go into a movie or a film. And basically, it's the uh, set designers say, I want a lamp that looks like this. And then the stylist has to run all over town and try to find a lamp that looks like this. Um, so it's not that I decide, I just have to try to have everything possible. <laughs> and I mean possible. So if somebody says, I need a Christmas tree and it's June, I need to have a Christmas tree ready for them. So I don't always have what they want, but you know, and I'm only one person who does this, but they run all over town and that's how they, that's how they prop uh, a film. But if you could think of one thing that would make your job easier, what would it be? I would like people to be nicer to one another, which may seem like an odd answer, but I'm often put in situations where, you know, people are, uh, you know, either there's been like a death and people are arguing over who's going to get what, you know, eight brothers and sisters fighting over something. Um, inheritance. Yeah, yeah, inheritance. Thank you. And people being kinder to one another. Um, because, you know, family is just so important. You know, we have one brother or one sister. You shouldn't be fighting over, you know, grandma's rock. Uh, um, that would make it easier. And I'm always like, you know, you guys decide what you what you want to keep. Absolutely. Keep, keep, keep. Whatever you want to keep. Whatever you don't want to keep, I'll help you with. So yeah. that's, you know, it's a rule of mine. I'm not interested in anything. I'm always like, family needs to keep 
family possessions. Very important. My dad said that you have one of the largest antique stores in the world, featuring other dealers. How did you get everyone to work together to create such a cool place? Well, your 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 dad is very kind. <laughs> um, I actually have the largest antique store in Chicago, which is still you know, really big town. Um, and you know what? I started with six people, just six people, and um, and most of them are still with me, and they're now they're old. <laughs> but it just it just grew and grew. And I realized that I only wanted to be with people that um, that I liked and who liked me. Um, so that was first. That was the first. I needed. It was kind of like picking a friend, right? You don't want to. Why would you be friends with somebody that you don't like, right? That's so true. Easier to do business. Easier to do business with. So that has just grown over the years, you know, exponentially. You ever find yourself looking for stuff that you want to keep? I yeah. I, I find things all the time I want to keep. That's that's one of the tougher tougher parts of this. Uh, so what I tend to do is I keep it for a couple weeks, a couple months, and then see if that feeling, you know, dissipates. Uh, and generally it does. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to, when it started out, I, I was keeping everything and you, you can't, you can't, you can't eat, you know, you need to pay the rent, you have bills. So um, I got. I, I can pay you this. I can pay you antique stuff. <laughs> it's just this, yeah, it's uh, you know, you're turning things into money is the trick in this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So you got to like, let it go. I will give you this, and you can sell it for this amount of money because I know stuff. <laughs> yeah. It. But you know, it's how fast you can sell it, though. That's yeah. The problem. You know, be like, if it takes me three months to sell it, and my rent is due every month. That's that math doesn't work. Yeah. What's the greatest challenge the most antique dealers are dealing with today? Probably just finding really good things that are in good condition, um, uh, and that's obviously that's at a price that they can uh, buy to resell it to someone else. So that's that's three distinctly different uh, uh, qualities <laughs> that that you need to you need to fill in the, you need to fill in those those blanks. So fi finding good things. I mean, uh, in our business, we, we re repair and restore things because it would have been thrown out again. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think I think finding things is uh, it's, it's always been the challenge. What is the craziest situation that you've run into while working as an antique dealer? Um, I once found uh, the fuselage of an airplane underneath someone's porch. What's that? <laughs> A fuselage, the interior of uh, it actually turned out to be the interior of. The Playboy jet, I don't know if you've ever heard of Playboy or Hugh Hefner, you're a little young. Your father has. Um, and there was a, so it was a private plane. It was a private plane and the interior was very cool. Very, uh, very. Um, fancy. Uh, what? Fancy. Fancy, fancy, but cool. Really, really cool. I don't, uh, uh, yeah, uh, James Bond kind of cool. You know, that kind of, mm -hmm. ooh, yeah. But there's an interior of a plane under this guy's porch. And it turned out that he had designed the plane, and when the plane was taken out of commission, he asked if he could have it back. And he didn't know where to store it, so he put it under his porch. <laughs> I write about that in my Whole story. <laughs> so what advice should you give to my listeners if they wanted to grow up and work as an antique dealer? They should uh, uh, join Facebook groups, because there's all kinds of Facebook groups to talk to other dealers. There's lots of people who do this either uh, for a living or on the side. Um, definitely be, you know, be reading and there's now, you know, the internet is just full of, uh, of informative, uh, uh, videos, but talk to people, 
in when I started out, I, I this was before the internet, but um, I would talk to the old guys, like guys that are my not now. I'm now that age, <laughs> and I talked to lots of younger people about uh, people come to me and what should I do and how should I do this and you know things have changed. You learn a lot from older people. I a good life lesson is listen, listen. Don't it's don't do all the talking. It's make, you know, ask good questions and then listen to the answers and move forward from there. Now you also wrote a book about your work called Selling Dead People's Things. Can you tell me how you got the idea to do that? So, yeah, I, I was actually writing a, a couple books and they turned into into, in, into the one. So, Selling Dead People's Things is a memoir of my life in the antique business. But what I also do is I take you along on these um, sales. So you're right there with me when these crazy things happen. Now it's 20 years of my experiences, so it's not like crazy things happen every day, but yeah. there are some paranormal things and there's some uh, funny things and there's some uh, disturbing things. Uh, and uh, it's also now an audio book. So, you know, you can just, you can listen to it. You know, it's on Amazon uh, if you don't want, if you don't want to read it. But um, I thought there would be like books like that out there, but when I went researching, there wasn't. So I think I filled a need, and then um, it's been a, a Amazon bestseller three times. Antiques in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Now can you tell me that one story? You know, remember this is my, this is a kid show. Okay. Now what is that one story? Well, that you're not supposed to tell me about. Hmm. Um. One thing. Well, let's see. <laughs> uh, sometimes, <laughs> when you're an antique dealer, you're a you're a bit of a you're a bit of a sleuth, and so uh, you find things that uh, you're really not sure what uh, you should do with them. <laughs> I'm not saying illegal things. Um, just we're just saying like kind of adult, grown-up, inappropriate things. Uh, so, which is always difficult because, you know, oftentimes a family will say, well, what did you find? <laughs> you know, and I have to go, I didn't find anything. Where, in fact, you know, I, I, yeah, I did. Do you have a Facebook for my listeners who want to follow you? You can follow me at uh, Dwayne Scott Cerny and on both uh, uh, Facebook and uh, TikTok. And uh, on Instagram, um, Vintage Confidential, which is the name of my new book. Well, thank you, Dwayne, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for Math Corners? Tiberius, I would love to. Thank you. The Tiberius Show would like to thank Boggy Creek Airboat Adventures for being one of our sponsors. I got to go on an airboat and saw a real gator. I even got to go to the gem mine and mine for some gems. We ate a steak dinner at the restaurant and even got some gator rights have a blast with the entire family, I suggest you go to www.bcairboats.com right now to get your tickets today. The website again is bcairboats.com. Tiberius' favorite subject, it's Math Corners! Thank you, Dwayne, for helping me with Math Corners. This week, we're going to do some more multi-step word problems. My dad is always good at finding new problems for me to solve. Today, we're going to talk about the baseball cards. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. 
here we go. Tom found a box of 27 baseball cards in the basement, and his dad said that he could have them. He decided to share them with his buddy Frank and Joey. Each of the three friends took the same number of cards. Joey decided to sell his cards, and he found a shop that paid $2.50 a card. How much money did Joey get for his cards? You tell me. Now, this is a multi-part problem. First, you have to figure out how many cards each friend has. Since they were divided by three friends, you would take the 27 and divide it by three and get nine cards for each friend. So each friend has nine cards. Now, Joey wants to sell his, and he was offered $2.50 each. Now I have to times out $2.50 by nine cards. And then you get, okay, let's see here. Two times nine is $18, and nine times 50 cents is $4.50. So add the $18, and then you get $22.50 total. So that means Joey gets $22.50. Yes, hey, and he got it for free, so that's that's a hundred percent profit. So Dwayne, what are the chances that Tom's really upset for Joey selling his cards? Uh, I think when his dad gave those cards away, he knew what he was giving away cards that were pretty much worthless. I think you got it a better deal. Perhaps, as they say, perhaps. Because Dwayne, my teacher said that I would use math every day. Do you use math in your work? Oh my gosh. Sales tax in Illinois is all 10, these taxes is ten point two five. Ten ten and a quarter. You can't do that in your head. I can't do ten and a quarter in sales tax in my head. So yes, I use it every day till my head hurts. Yes. Well thank you so much, Strange, for your help with math corners. Oh of course. And now it's time for the heart of a lion. As you know, we talk about the qualities of living by the heart of a lion, which stands for leadership, integrity, obedience, and nobility. This week, we're going to talk about integrity. For me, I think integrity is doing what is right, even when no one else is looking. The qualities of integrity is honesty, sincerity, truthfulness, and fairness. Well, this week, I was having a hard time with my math assignment. For some reason, I forgot about wanting to not turn it in. That means I get an incomplete for the assignment. My dad says for every incomplete, I lose my computer for one week. Or I can make up the work and get the teacher to give me a grade, so I only lose it for two days. It was hard to be honest with my dad, and I told him that I had an incomplete assignment. I knew that meant I was not going to have my computer, but I told him anyway, and worked towards getting the assignment done. It was truthfulness and honesty. As soon as my grade is fixed, I will be able to use my computer again. So, Dwayne, did you just see your use integrity at all this week, even when it hurts? I love this topic. <laughs> uh, yes. I ask myself all the time, what's the right thing to do? Because um, it's, it's a challenge. I and mean, when you're self-employed, that's your reputation. And I actually had somebody come in the store with this little painting and they said they wanted $50 for it. And I said, no, 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 no. I can't give you $50 for it. I'll give you $100 for it because this is a much more valuable painting than you realize. Um, and they were like shocked. And, the, and I have done this before. And one of the reasons is that because it's honest and it's the right thing to do, what's the right thing to do? And people tell other people that I'm a decent guy and I'm fair. 
And I think that's one reason I've been in business for all these years. Um, my business partner does, does the same thing. So it's what, you know, you gotta ask this little voice in your head, like what's the right thing to do? And it will, it will tell you and follow your heart. So I love this topic. Okay. Well, we should always try and be lying strong in everything we do, shouldn't we? Ab absolutely. There's no other way. That's our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Dwayne Cerny for being on my show. It has been so much in time today. I think we learned a lot about the antique business and movie props. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you, Tiberius, for allowing me to share myself and what I do with all your fans. This has just been so much fun. Invite me back. Problem. Well, do you mind giving your website again? Absolutely. So my websites are the name of my books. So sellingdeadpeoplesthings.com, vintageconfidential.com, and you can also follow me on uh, YouTube and Facebook at Dwayne Scott Cerny and newest book on Instagram at Vintage Confidential. And follow me on TikTok at Dwayne Scott Cerny. But everybody needs to follow you, Tiberius. <laughs> okay. Well, also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Tiberius Show. And please be sure to visit The Tiberius Show on YouTube and subscribe. Also, be sure to listen to us next week on The Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius The Tiberius Boy. Show is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Executive producer, Joseph Boy. Production editor, Pierre Laguerre. Green Room manager, Danny Boy. And your program host, Tiberius Boy! The Tiberius Show is copyright 2018.